it is great to be here. Homestead Community Church, just a privilege to be with you, to uh, see some old friends, not old, but old, and uh, to make some new ones today. Church, you already know this, but you are blessed with some great leadership here. God has uh, just given you some incredible leaders in Pastor Jeff and, and uh, Christy, and uh, they are, they've got all of these talents, creativity, uh, they're fun. I mean, all in one person, in two persons, you know, that, that's pretty special, pretty neat. And uh, so it was just a few weeks ago, we were at uh, a, a minister's gathering. We were celebrating Pastor St. John and his years of ministry to, within our state. And uh, we asked Pastor Jeff, would you write a song? And he did. There's like 525 pastors in the place and leaders from across Minnesota. Pastor Jeff writes this song that just, just killed it. Uh, it was amazing. And he, he, he kind of, you know, just set the stage for the entire night. And uh, this is a kind of leadership you guys get to live with on a weekly basis. Christy, we have known since she was just a little girl. Uh, we went to the same church together years ago, and uh, we saw her. We actually went to Jamaica. My wife and I, Barb, is here with me this morning. We went to Jamaica with Christy on a missions trip a few years, and another century that was, wasn't it, huh? And uh, here we are, 25 years later, dreaming about missions, still passionate about missions. And uh, what a privilege to be here with you today, to be here with uh, Jeff and Christy and the team that they have assembled. We are just, uh, just love your youth pastors here. It is so good to be with Steve and uh, just, just such a, what a great team that you guys have. Brooke, part of the team, aren't you? And uh, it's just a growing place, a fun place to be. So such a privilege to be here with you today. Uh, when we talk about missions, we're talking about taking the love of Jesus to, uh, to people or to places who haven't heard, places it has not been. And that is missions and uh, what is on our heart today. And uh, it's especially exciting to be able to come and to dream with you about missions. It's just, uh, just one of the, the top things in our heart to celebrate what God is doing here in Farmington. And as I look at you this morning, you are what God is doing in Farmington. You, you're a new church. Who knows, some of you wouldn't have been in the kingdom of God, perhaps, if this church hadn't come into existence. And uh, just exciting. So we're here to celebrate you this morning and what God is going to do in the days to come. And we're here to celebrate what God is doing around the world. I just flew in from Ethiopia last night. And so uh, we'll blame all of it on that, okay? I was just so happy when I found out last night that your service didn't start till 11.15. I was like, oh, praise God, that's awesome. And uh, I was up a little earlier this morning just because of jet lag and that. But uh, it is so good to be with you. Today, we're going to celebrate what God's doing. And Speed the Light is right in the middle, this thing called Speed the Light, in the middle of what God is doing. Speed the Light is a, it is a uh, partnership between students and 3,000 missionaries all around the world. And the student's assignment is real simple. Provide all of the essential equipment and transportation needs for 3,000 missionaries. Pretty simple. It's a huge task. But what we've seen is that Minnesota students and students around the nation actually have just risen to this challenge. They've not backed away from it. They've, they've stepped up to the challenge. And this church, would, which did not even have a youth pastor until last year in September, is that about the time frame you guys started? 
in there, sort of, in, okay, didn't have an active youth ministry, I'll look this way, yeah, yeah, okay, uh, till around September, didn't even have one. Did you know that your students jumped in on this thing called Speed the Light? They wanted to be a part of what God is doing around the world. Your students uh, just jumped in, and in December last year, which is the final month that, that they could participate, being a youth group that's only four months old, they jumped in. And uh, your students gave over almost $1,500 last year in 2016. And yeah, let's give them a hand. That's pretty awesome, pretty amazing. For a brand new church and ministry and youth ministry, pretty ex- I really got pumped up when I saw that. And students, other youth pastors and leaders across the state did as well. That uh, what's coming from here? And you know what? You, you can ask, well, what can you do? When you're talking about 3,000 missionaries, what can you do with $1,500? Well, it's not just the, the $1,500 from here. It's putting it together with students from all across the state and the nation. You know that Minnesota students collectively last year gave to missions over $1.1 million. That's an incredible amount of cash. That is more than I have in my top drawer. And uh, it is, it's a lot of money. And just so exciting to see what can happen when churches began to work together, when student ministries began to work together. We just all do what we can do, what God's given us to do. And here they are having this fair in a couple of weeks. I will be at camp or I would be here. Well, it sounds like a whole lot of fun, but looking forward to that. So, uh, Pretty exciting to see what has happened. Let me just take a moment or two and tell you a little bit about what Speed the Light does, and then we're going to jump into the Word of God. Just a little bit of where the dollars have been spent, because they all have been spent, okay? I want you to know they're not sitting in a bank. Uh, That's not why we give them. We give them to spend them, to invest them in God's kingdom, in mission around the world. So let me just take you on a, a quick little tour. We can tell you, first of all, that Speed the Light is providing disaster relief, Down in Haiti today, there were 55,000 children that were cared for just through a partnership we have with Convoy of Hope. And you see this picture of this little Haitian uh, kids. And uh, it was the earthquake struck, I believe, three, four years ago now. When it did, there were 200,000 people that lost their life in a moment's time. And we can forget that because with that, there were tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of orphans. There were one million that lost their home in that same moment of time. And uh, because of our partnership with Convoy of Hope and what your students are doing here, 55,000 of those were cared for today and tomorrow and the next day and yesterday because of what our students are doing with Speed the Light. There's so many things. There's a quick picture we'll throw up of India. And here you see that uh, there's a ministry we partner with called Project Rescue that's just bringing freedom and hope to young ladies and little girls who've gotten caught up in the sex trafficking industry and helping set them free through the name of Jesus and and through ministry. Uh, Some great things happening there. There's another area that we have invested in, and that is responding to the refugee crisis that took place, has taken place over the last couple years uh, throughout the Middle East and the flow of people up into Europe. It was just last March, not this one, but last. I had the privilege of, of traveling to Macedonia and to Greece with some of our youth pastors. And as we were there, we walked through those refugee camps. We, I, I would have thought I was in uh, northern Minnesota. We sat around a campfire. We listened to stories from an Iraqi family of how they had been displaced. 
We listened to our missionary tell the story of how they personally were packaging 300 bags of groceries a day to try to, to minister to these 4,500 people that were flowing in every day, 4,500 more, 4,500 more, up to 11,000 in one day. Incredible what they were doing. They were helping other ministries with the distribution and the preparation of 1,000 bags of groceries. And uh, as I talked to Brian Thomas, one of our missionaries there who Minnesota students have supported and provided the essential equipment for, he shared the story of one Iraqi family who stood in line and came through him. And when they got to him and he was giving them food, they uh, just said, who are you? What are you doing here? And Brian said, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And I want you and everyone here to know how much Jesus cares about you. And that man began to share his story as they're waiting for food and shared how that he was a Muslim. He was from Iraq. He said, the Muslims came to our city, though, to our city, a Muslim city, and they destroyed the city. They destroyed my business. They destroyed our home. We had to flee for our lives. We fled to Turkey, and when we got to Turkey, it was the Christians who welcomed us there. And there aren't a lot of Christians in Turkey. We went from Turkey to Greece, and it was the Christians who met us there and welcomed us. And we came from, from Greece to Macedonia, and here you are telling me you're a Christian. And on the spot in that line, that Iraqi family all received Christ as Lord and Savior. They found that there was one who loved them and cared about them. These are the kind of ministries, we talk about disaster relief, that we're able to, to be a part of and our students are able to be a part of. I just, as I mentioned, uh, returned home from Ethiopia last night and we're there uh, working on the, the development of water wells, digging water wells and providing clean water, pure water for villages that have none. There are people that are little, literally walking miles to just get water and it's not always the best water. And uh, we went and we saw the actual site where we're going to be boring the holes, the company that we work with, WorldServe, the ministry. Uh, just an, an incredible thing that is happening. And it's not just like they're planting and digging the holes anywhere. They're very strategic about where they put them, right next to a church. Or they start a new church and they'll put that well right there. And all of a sudden, even if it's a Muslim community, there is favor because you're providing, you're caring for us, you're loving us enough to come and invest and, and bore a hole and, and provide water for us and not just you. And uh, amazing things are happening. And we got to see those. I'm going to show you a video that's just one of those. This happens to be from Tanzania. It, it's, a, it's a site that Minnesota students provided for. Some of your students may have seen this. But uh, I want you as a church to see this. I think Charlie's got it ready for us. We're going to find out. Could you imagine in your lifetime never being able to take a shower, flush a toilet, or even go to your faucet or fridge to fill up a cup of clean water. That's life here on Mafia Island. Their cleanest water would come from their local watering hole or even a pond. Many of the wells that have been drilled here on Mafia Island are so shallow that the water is being pulled from the earth at the same level that their sewage is in. In rural Tanzania, 80% of all illness and disease comes from impure waters. 60,000 people from 25 different villages on Mafia Island are desperately in need of clean water. It's very easy to be overwhelmed by all the needs of the people here. But see, they're not just a Speed the Light project. They're the children of God. 
we had the opportunity to go to one of the locations that already provides clean water for a village. And I was astounded by what it does. It does more than just clean water for a church. It provided clean water for a health clinic where people can come and receive basic human health care. It also provided for a school where children can come and learn to read and write. It takes so much to make this possible and it all happens through leaders in those villages. And God has already provided some amazing leaders. We got to meet this amazing team spearheaded by a pastor, Pastor Joshua, who has raised up and sent out amazing local church leaders like Pastor Isaac and his wife, Pastor Elijah, who just got married, and Pastor Amos, a 23-year-old guy. All of these people who have been threatened to even be killed for their faith. The goal is to put a water well outside each one of these churches. Behind every water well is a pastor, a team of leaders that as the state of Minnesota, we're gonna get behind, and here's why. Why a well? Man, a well put near a church, man, transforms a community, changes a community, gives an open door to the gospel. Lives change, people transform. This one well that's on this island now, 15 people have been able to come and, and get saved and, and, and baptized into, into the faith, faith in Christ, all because they've been able to come and plug their cell phone into a charger that was produced from the water from the well. I mean, it's amazing what God's doing. We have the opportunity to do something. We have a chance to do something. You have one thing you can do. The question is, what will you do? I had the privilege of being there at that well, seeing the students and uh, the church that was right next door to it and seeing people who've come to Christ because of it. These are the kind of partnerships that we get to be a part of. It's part of what your students are investing in. And it's just so fun to see what can happen when we work together. And uh, today is the day Pastor Jeff has given to us to celebrate together and to partner together with your students, what they're doing. And uh, just so thankful for that and excited about what God's going to do. Church, it's our turn to dream. Your students have a dream for this year. Just talking real quickly to Pastor Steve, saying, where are we at? Do you have a goal for 2017? And uh, they have a goal of 5,000, which is like three times, over three times what they did last year. Pretty exciting. They're starting to dream, and we're going to come alongside them today and help launch them toward that. But we want to just look at what the Scripture says and uh, see what the why of what we do today as well as what we do. There is a, a mandate that Jesus gave to us in Scripture that is just so clear in Acts chapter 1 in verse 8. And it's a familiar verse to so many of us as we think about Jesus standing on the Mount of Olives and he's just ready to ascend into heaven. And uh, we read these words in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 where Jesus said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then what is going to happen? You will be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth to the ends of the earth. We are to be his witnesses and will be his witnesses. Church, we are a missions movement. This is who we are. 
This is who Homestead is. This is your DNA, your culture. You've already begun to, to reach out to Farmington, to the Jerusalem, the people that are close to you. And even as you're doing that, simultaneously, we're beginning to think beyond Farmington. We're beginning to think to the ends of the earth. What can we do? And this is what Jesus gave us instructions to do. He gave us his Holy Spirit so that we could do exactly that. You will be my witnesses. We, this is our mandate. This is our calling. This is our purpose. This is our past, and this is our future. It's who we are. We are a missions movement called to share the love of Jesus Christ with those who have never, ever heard before. And it's a pretty exciting assignment and a pretty daunting one as well. We, we ask the question, how is it going to happen? Jesus mentioned it in, in verse, one, or verse 8 that we already read. You'll receive power. We see it again in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. And I want to just read those with you briefly. It says to us, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. How does he do it? By his, or according to his power, the Holy Spirit, according to his power, that is at work within us. That's how it happens. And uh, he goes on and he says that to him be glory in the church, to God be glory in the church, that's you and I, and also to, in Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. This has been going on since the scriptures were written, since Jesus has come. From the day of Pentecost until Jesus returns, this is what we're called to do. We are a missions movement. The Holy Spirit was given to us for that purpose, to be able to take the good news of Jesus Christ to the world. So we're going to look at history a little bit this morning. In the next 15 minutes, 10 minutes or so that we have, we're going to look at the scriptures. We've already laid a little bit of that foundation. And I just want you to see this can happen during our lifetime. It can take place. We look back at the Old Testament or the New Testament, the beginning uh, after the, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's take it back in between those two where it's just the death of Christ. And we look at the, the New Testament believers and they're frightened. They're gathered in a room behind closed doors. The door is locked. And uh, who would begin to dream that God could take that group of frightened individuals and do something through them? Something amazing. Who would, who would dream that? But as we read in the book of Acts, it describes those same men that were hiding behind closed doors as those who have turned cities upside down, and now they've come to our community. That's what began to happen as they began to step out with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Pretty exciting to see what took place in the New Testament church. As we look at history, we see that they did it. They accomplished the assignment. They took the word of God and the good news of Christ to the ends of the earth. There's a church historian, and you can Google them this afternoon. There are so many of them. But St. Jerome has wrote in the 4th century these words to us. And uh, this is what he said. It's on my notes if it's not there. Okay, St. Jerome said to us this. He said, from India to Britain, all nations resound with the death and the resurrection of Christ. That's what the New Testament church accomplished. The entire known world of that day received the good news of Jesus Christ. 
pretty exciting to see what they accomplished, how they did it. I was in Egypt just back in December, and uh, as we were there, Egypt is just such an incredible place to, to step into. You, it's like you step back in time, because in the Old Testament, Moses lived there, uh, Joshua, uh, it would, Joseph, excuse me, we'll blame that on jet lag. Uh, Moses and Joseph lived in Egypt. And uh, in the New Testament, you've got Jesus and you have Mary and Joseph spending a season of their life in Egypt. Just a, a, an exciting place to go back to. And uh, as you do, you look back on the history of the church there, and it was an evangelist. Now, the last few weeks, you've been talking about the pastor, the prophet, the apostle, and all the different uh, leadership within the church. It was an evangelist by the name of Mark. I like that guy already. Just something I'm drawn to. Anyway, an evangelist, and uh, he, he went, he proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ. He preached, he, he planted a church, just like Homestead, just about, uh, in a different land, a different language. But what happened to him was he was martyred. When he was martyred, when he was killed, the church did not die, but the church launched forward. And we see this over and over again in the New Testament believers. As they went out and they proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ, they got the job done. The New Testament church, it didn't end with the New Testament church. It was just about 100 years ago when the Assemblies of God began. And as we began... There were just 300 believers that came together, this little thing called the Assemblies of God. And uh, there were 300 ministers, and they determined that they would uh, be the fulfillment of the Great Commission. That's why they came into existence, that they would be the greatest. They prayed, Lord, help us to be the greatest work of evangelism the world has ever seen. Who would dream that God could take 300 individuals, and today we number about 68 million, and that's just our church. That's just the Assemblies of God. There are so many other great churches out there that we have an opportunity to fellowship with and are part of as well. But that's what God has done. Who would dream that that could take place? God has those kind of dreams for us. And in the uh, Assemblies of God, as we began, all kinds of things, kind of fun to look at. As they began in 1914, there were 27 of those uh, original 300 that came together that were missionaries. 27. Within five years, the number 27 had grown to 206. That was the kind of growth that they saw. Their giving, we'll just quickly put up on the screen, it was zero in 1914. And then in uh, 1919, it had grown to over 63,000. In the next 10 years, it was over a half a million. And then during the Great Depression, when unemployment was 22%, it grew again over 800,000. And just back in 2012... We moved over the 200 million mark in giving. These are the kinds of dreams that God and God alone can bring into existence as uh, we dream today. God can do it again. It didn't end with just the adults. Were students a part of this thing called missions? Yes, finally you guys got involved, engaged. And it was about 1944 that we finally figured out in our Assemblies of God that students, we were going to have ministry for them. And uh, so in 1944, a guy by the name of Ralph Harris, some of you were there, I wasn't, okay, in 1944, and Ralph Harris began student ministries. And it was kind of exciting. As he came to town, to Springfield, he prayed, God, give me worthwhile ideas. And the first initiative that God gave him as a leader was this thing called Speed the Light. 
Way back in 1945, they began to challenge students. Pretty exciting. In that first year, they gave over $100,000. Who would dream that students who gave $100,000 that first year would in the last 10 years give nearly $100 million? Incredible what God can do when he's in the equation. They bought an airplane. Do we have a picture of that beautiful airplane? It's not quite as nice as the one I flew on, okay? They bought this was an old airplane from the Army. And the reason they bought it was it was the end of World War II, and all the transportation systems had been disrupted. We had missionaries God had called, but they were unable to get there. We had missionaries waiting to get to wherever God had called them to. And so students provided the way, the transportation, the essential equipment back then, and it continues today. Pretty exciting to see what God has done. Oh, man, students and leaders and youth pastors and pastors all across Minnesota have seen, have experienced that God is able to do more than we can imagine as students in Minnesota have risen to the challenge. And I want to just close with just a couple of quick stories of some students who have done exactly what we're talking about. They've dreamed a dream as we're praying God will help us to do this morning. And uh, God has helped them. There's this girl by the name of Anita I'm going to introduce you to. She's right up here. We're eating something together. I'll explain that. Anita, her family, they're uh, immigrants from Uganda. They attend Redeeming Love Church. Anita came to MYC, our youth convention, this fall for students. While she was there, God put a dream in her heart. And she's sitting there, and God speaks to her and says, you're going to give $2,600. Anita turned to her youth pastor, Steve, and she said, I've never seen $2,600. I don't know what it looks like. How is this going to happen? The youth pastor didn't know either. They went home. She talked to her mom. Her mom got kind of excited. Her mom's a believer. And uh, she got excited about it. She went to church on Sunday. It was the next day. They went to church, and they were praying. She came to the altar, and her youth pastor prayed with her. And uh, as they came to the close of the prayer, Pastor James asked her, Anita, what are you good at? What, what can you do? What could God use? Uh, God's put a dream in your heart, and, and this girl's bright. She's brilliant. She's going to be a doctor, but she's also very humble. She just says, I, I'm not good at that much, but my mom is. My mom, she's a great cook, and she makes these things called samosas, and they're meat-filled pies and vegetable-filled pastries, triangle-shaped, and uh, you know what? I think my mom might help me. She went home, and she asked her mom, and her mom said she'd be happy to help. And then they talked to their lead pastor on a day just like today. They got permission to talk about samosas. And I wish she was here today because samosas would be great at the end of the service, but she's not. Anyway, Anita cooked all week long with her mom, helped her mom, and they brought uh, samosas to church that day in Maplewood. And uh, they, they have three services. After two services, they were all gone. And the third service, people came and wanted their samosas. Uh, you know how we are when we don't have our samosas. And uh, so they're looking, and, and uh, Anita says, here, just put an order in. I'll make some this week, and uh, we'll just we'll bring them for you next Sunday. People filled out their orders. At the end of the day, they counted up what had come in, and $1,600 had come in over expenses 
on those samosas on the, uh, from the first day. And then they looked at the orders that had come in. They were exactly $1,000 worth. And some of you mathematicians in the room, you began to figure it out real quick. God's able to do abundantly more beyond what we can think or imagine, isn't he? And students are having these experiences. As students, I could tell you so many stories from across this state of students who've just allowed God to dream through them. I want to tell you one more and then uh, close with the video. Pastor's coming. There's a, a student by the name of Jacob, and uh, he's a, a student who attends another church here in the metro as well. Jacob also just began to dream. It was a Wednesday night service, just like you have Thursday night for your students. And uh, it was a Wednesday night service, and he began to sense that God was speaking to him, and, and he was ready to empty his bank account out. He has a job. He was just going to give. And uh, he felt the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, no, I want you to do something physical for this. I want you to hurt. I want you to, to feel and uh, just be a, experience this. And uh, so Jacob prayed that, that uh, Wednesday night. And he said, God, would you either give me an opportunity or an idea? Either one of them would be real good right now because I don't know what to do. He went home that night. The next morning, opportunity had knocked on his email account during the night. He opens up the email, and uh, it was last November. And uh, it, the forecast was for a beautiful Saturday in November, which is great for golfers. If it's nice in November, we're going to get out there. And uh, he, his job is a caddy. And so the golfer had emailed him and said, Jacob, will you work for me this Saturday? And here's what Jacob put on his Facebook account. He said, I'm the luckiest kid around. He said, there's kids today that are having to walk miles for clean water on Mafia Island in Tanzania. And I get to just carry somebody's clubs and I get paid for it to help them. That was the spirit going in. Saturday comes and... Uh, Golfer shows up, and Jacob's pretty excited. He's, he's just blessed that God has given him an opportunity. And uh, he begins to tell the golfer what's going on. He says, today you've given me an opportunity to help kids in Mafia Island. I know you don't know where that is, but it's a place over. And as he says that, the golfer turns to him and says, Mafia Island, I've been there. He works at General Mills. He's the inventor of uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch cereal, so I like him already again. And his company had sent him there to teach the people about processing food. And he says to Jacob, he says, if you're doing that, we're not paying the standard fee today. You're going to make 500 today. Over the course of the golf game, there was an opportunity on one of the holes where uh, the golfer turned to Jacob and said, if I get a birdie on this hole... Throwing in an extra hundred. You know it. He got a birdie, right? Okay. And the check was 600 at the end of the day. And Jacob saw God's dream come to pass in his life. Church, there's dreams that God wants to bring into fulfillment. For those who have never, ever heard the good news, 42% of the world still waits to hear for the first time. And there may be some here this morning that 
this may be the, your first time. Maybe you haven't come to faith yet. And I'm so glad this church is here so that you can, it exists for you to be able to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. But there are others who have never, ever had even that opportunity. And they're waiting, and they're living, and they're dying. And today and every day, our students are rising to that challenge, wanting to come alongside of those who God has called to go there and to provide the essential equipment and the transportation needs. So we're going to partner with them today. And uh, the time is up. Let me just uh, say that as we walk those fields in Ethiopia this week, pretty amazing to think that those people who are there are going to hear the gospel. As we're standing there and just beginning to dream, some guys walk up, and the missionary begins to tell them about Jesus Christ. And they receive on the spot two people, a student and a dad. They're there, and they're waiting. And we had that experience just in the few moments that we were able to be on that site. There's going to be a church there, a water well there, along with many others throughout Ethiopia that our students are going to provide. And today we have the opportunity to come alongside them, partner with them. Pastor Jeff, thank you for just allowing us this opportunity. And I'd love to just pray as we close. And Pastor Jeff comes and he's going to close us off. But I'd love to pray with you this morning. Father, just so grateful that uh, we can be in your presence. So grateful for this church and what you're doing in Farmington. God, we understand that the Holy Spirit comes to us and allows us and helps us to become witnesses, first of all, to Farmington, first of all, to our Jerusalem. But that's not where your heart stops. Your heart goes to the ends of the earth. And so today, God, we pray you would continue to dream through your students, the students of this church, through Pastor Steve and Brooke and the leadership here. You would continue to dream. And today, we just uh, pray you dream through us as parents friends and moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, to, to just bless them and take them even beyond where their dreams have taken them to this point. Help us, Lord, today to fulfill your commandment to us. In Jesus' name, amen.